Hello, and welcome to the epilogue for Wyverns and Weirdos Corruption, uh, the first of our campaigns. Um, I'm your dungeon master, Darby. Joining me as always are Laura, playing Bertie, Mitch, playing Caius, Eddie, playing Anya, Jake, playing Newman, Zoe, playing Ross, and Johanna, playing Rook. Let's jump into things. So, where we last left off, a scam artist in a small village fate happened to be uh, set up next to a uh, criminal alchemist fossilizing uh, those purchasing his wares. Beside a um, elven uh, rogue a and a um, tabaxi inventor they investigated and the celebrations at the end of the festival they met a ganasi who was waiting to be able to return a bounty in a big city they went to the big city where they parted ways for a time and with with the with the ganasi and had many adventures together before being reunited soon after in the uh, strangest of circumstances they encountered a human as he literally fell in the middle of a teleportation circle that was being cast. They then travelled half a world away, the five of them, where while some had to part ways for a time, they met a tiefling bard. Eventually, all six were reunited together, where they took down a demigod that had once been banished as the shadow fell. A year later, the same six fought against the odds and against countless beasts and mages and undead to defeat a despotic regime in the homeland of the Bard, the Inventor, and the Ganassi. And we last left them on the evening of celebration, having defeated earlier that day the leader at the head of that regime, going to bed as they watch, or going to rest as they watched the festival below waiting to a close.
we now look to what those six plan to do in the year ahead. So this is going to be a little bit freeform. Um, we'll start with some immediate stuff and we might be bouncing around in the timeline a little bit, but uh, for the time being, we're sticking to the immediate year following the defeat of Taven and the Dread Magisters. Don't think any of us want to start because that means it's <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, I guess I spoke first, so <laughs> Sonia's funeral. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Um, in the year immediately after, um, those around Anya, they would notice a strange aura. I guess, surrounding her. Uh, almost similar in the year following their defeat of Zorthram to Thara, where she just seems a little bit lost, but not this time in a bad way. Um, having passed away <laughs> uh, and brought back by her friends, mm -hmm with the knowledge that everything was going to change. Um, you would all notice a almost antsiness to her. Um, like she can't decide between acting or resting. In that year, or in the weeks following um, their last big battle and um, Anya's death and, well, rebirth, uh, she spends as much time as she can with the others before they do inevitably go their separate ways some together and some individually. Um, but she tries to stay as close by as she can. <clears throat> After uh, the first couple of weeks of organising and of tying up loose ends, finishes, um, and at such a time as Bertie and Caius are deciding to make their way home, Anya would approach Rook and she almost nervously um, would ask Rook what her actions and intentions were going forward. 
in the immediate future. Um, I think Rook would respond that um, that she has a couple of priorities now. Um, so of course, Anya and and Roya are her greatest priorities at the moment, and that she also um, she cares for her homeland and she wants to make sure that Karas really is free, that the normal like minor wizards of the ruins or supporters or other trouble seekers trying to get power jump in so rook would initially want to stay in Karas somewhere with roya to work to improve that and that ideally she'd like anya to be there but if not rook's happy to to travel and to be with Anya and to seek out teleportation uh, circles as well to visit. Um, so in response to that, um, Anya decides to stay with Rook and with Roya for the year following. Um, she spends a lot of her time um, helping Rook with uh, finding the last of the wizards and extinguishing them and um, helping to free Karas in whatever ways she can. And on the days that she can, she um, makes her way back home to um, what she knows won't be her home for much longer and starts making arrangements with Bertie um, for her to start moving her things and start leaving. Um, When she does this, she um, also has quite a lot of contact with Athena um, still organising and communicating to do with the artefacts that she is slowly making arrangements to return to their homes. Um, but she prioritises spending time with Rook and spending time with Roya. And um, once Roya is comfortable, Anya asks Roya if she would join her in um, in hunts and in camps in the forest and um, when she asks she um, Roya I know it won't be the same it will never the same as learning from your ancestors. But I know the forests and I know the earth and I know the ways that it can give and it can take. And it would be my honor to help you in any way I can. Thank you, Anya. 
think that would be very nice. So, um, every, at each change of the season, um, Anya will organize, um, a few days of a hunt or a few days of a camp and teach Roya just the different ways that the earth changes and the different parts that can both be useful and be harmful and tries to share her knowledge as best as she can while also just desperately trying to bond with this kid (laughs) who she um she knowing what she can be like she's very trepidatious at first and tries to so closer towards the end of the year um once a lot of the work has been done um, in Karas, Anya, um, she starts spending more time back at home um, with birdies, <laughs> with birdie at birdies, um, just starting to sort of make plans to shift um, and I believe that uh, her and Rook have started talking about establishing somewhere to call a home base. Not, um, not necessarily in the most traditional sense with both of them being travellers and wanderers and uh, nomadic in nature, but somewhere where for at least the short term while Roy Bear is still learning and growing um, where they can call a little home um, but uh, yeah so she towards the end of the year um, decides to spend a couple of weeks at um, Birdie's and um, yeah, tries to spend as much time with him as she can very subtly <laughs> um, <laughs> before she knows it's time to shift on. Yeah, Bertie would also bully her incessantly and be like, oh, moving in together, boy, it's a big step on you, that kind of stuff. Nudge, 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 nudge. <laughs> and Anya nearly every time would have some form of retort of, um, you know, I really should start uh, speaking to Newman about getting um, noise-cancelling earpieces or something of the sort. Oh, well, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I hope you enjoy the move out, Anya. Yep, cool. Another drink? Yes? Yes. <laughs> of course. Um, and towards the end of her stay... Um, one morning when uh, Caius is over, um, Anya pulls them both aside for a moment. Um, hi, good morning. Hello. 
good time. Good tea this morning. Um, I have a favor to ask. One of you, but um, both of you, in a way. It, uh, it's not about the noise cancelling headphones, is it? <laughs> no, though, in a way, it does uh, solve that problem. Um, I know. I know that it is um, with everything that happened and with everything that is yet to come. It's hard to be apart, but um, I'm uh, I'm planning on I'm planning on going on a journey at the end of this week. Um, it will take about a month there and back, and. Um, Caius, I wanted to ask if you would come along. And I know uh, you both have autonomy. You're not, um, please don't see this as asking permission, but uh, Bertie, I want to make sure that you would be okay if I borrow it for a month. Also. But he kind of like leans in and like on Kaiser's side a little bit. Not like in the kind of clingy way, just in kind of like a hmm. Like just some kind of like physical like a connection. But he just kind of like looks a bit like his brows furrowed. Um and then he does like let out a little breath that he didn't know he was holding. He's like, I mean, yeah, it's it's up to you guys. We, we, we hang out, so it's it's not. I'm sorry, me, Kaius. Anya, um, she kind of she can't help but smile a little bit uh, at that. She's like. Uh, yeah, it, um, surprised me too a little bit, but sometimes you just know, you know? I'm sorry, I'm not, um, I'm not making a lot of sense and I'm not really explaining myself. I, um... I'm going to Halloween. I am. I'm going to visit Bryn. Not. Not her, like we're not traveling planes or anything. But. Where she's buried. And. 
Bertie, I love you. You are, you are one of my dearest friends in the world. But but it needs to be kind. Don't um don't feel pressured if you if you can't or you don't want like no questions. I uh it's not just um, because I can. I can make the journey. I would be honored. Kaius is going to reach out and very slowly just put a hand on one of Anya's shoulders. Anya, um, she sort of reaches up and she squeezes the hand and she's, um, she just whispers, Thank you. And um, and she kind of waits almost uh, a little bit tensely just to see how Birdie responds next. Um, Birdie watches this. Uh, he watches Kais with some surprise but also fondness um, reach out to her, to Anya. Um, he's very quiet though because he's if Anya could see <laughs> she might get well, she might get the vibe there. Bertie doesn't feel like he's part of this conversation, but he understands that both of them want him to be, or that Anya certainly does. Um and that's important. Um and um He's been a bit. He's been a lot more chill over this time. Um, a lot less visibly anxious and wound up. He does like have his kind of like fingers sort of like um, tapping along on his side for a moment, but um, he doesn't say anything. Couple moments. He's like, "I hope it goes well. I think it's the right thing to do." I hope you're okay. I'm I'm okay. I am. I'm sorry for not... And um, Anya's sort of quiet for a moment, lets that sentence trail off. And then... um, After a minute, she um, sort of opens her mouth and she's like, I know it's a big ask with everything. And I know that it's a small ask too with everything, but um, Caius You deserve to see parts of me too. And I think 
more than anyone else, this will be a part of me that you understand. we have years and time and so much I am I just want to uh, have this moment I think that's good. You don't have to apologize for anything. I think it'll be good for both of you. You don't have to ask me for permission again. If there's anything I can do to help or anything I can cook before you go, let me know. And um, he looks between Anya and Caius and uh, I'd like to roll an insight check on both of them individually. So for Anya... (laughs) Um... That's a 22. And for Caius, um, that's a 20. So, Anya, what you'd probably gauge a lot from both the context of the conversation, the difficulty she's had sort of phrasing it, um, you sort of see and feel this sense of guilt um like the and it's multi-layered um so there's guilt about missed opportunities there's guilt about her own ways she's behaved in the past there's guilt about ways she holds herself back from from love that isn't easy um there's also a fresher layer of guilt um there's guilt about leaving Bertie on his own and there's guilt about taking joy even if it's brief from Bertie and Behind that guilt, there's a sense of assuredness. Like, despite all the guilt, she knows that this is what she has to do. Um, and Caius is, uh, from the moment his name was mentioned, uh, there was a brief moment of surprise uh, and then he actively started hiding his emotions um, which makes him a little bit more difficult to read Um, however there is um, definite confusion on um, a very base level um but then a little bit deeper there is almost a warmth and an understanding um, almost determination um, 
Everybody looks from one to the other. And just kind of like she's most bone lit for a moment. Um and then slides his hands out to take both of their hands and gives gives them both a squeeze. And he's like, I think it'll be good. And I care about both of you a lot, so you know. Sharing a bit of that friendship that I share with both of you. So it's in some slightly different uh, <laughs> different ways. Um, being friends together and sharing part of that journey will be good, I think, if that's what both of you want to do. So, I hope it goes well. Um, Anya, in response, she doesn't say anything, but she takes Bodhi's hand um, and she presses the back of it to her forehead. Bodhi does for a moment kind of just make a bit of a judder, um, like he tenses up, um, like he's upset, but he kind of, he kind of like almost feel that energy kind of calm down um, as he's sort of um, pushing that down. And then he just lets her do that. probably like five or ten seconds or so into this handhold um, that Caius kind of starts just kind of nodding slightly um, and then um, right uh, right good and the hand that is um, almost awkwardly now been resting on Anya's shoulder the entire conversation um, he sort of uh, releases that a little bit and gives just a little little pet pet and <laughs> just kind of lets both of his arms go down onto his side um, it's okay um, <clears throat> well I've got uh, some things to sort of uh, tend to in the next uh, few days or so um, just um, let me know when you want to leave and we'll head out I guess. Of course, thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, now, uh, about two weeks later, um, I uh, and Mitch feel free to pitch in on this one. Um, I can imagine a lot of the journey was done in a sometimes awkward, but mostly companionable silence. (laughs) Um, With Anya really not knowing where to begin or how to even start the um, the com- the endless conversations that need to be had, or even the conversations that don't need to be had, the conversations that just happen, she finds it hard. So, um, aside from pleasantries and 
necessary conversation to do with um, hunting for food or setting up camp. The first two weeks is probably mostly silent. Um, does that ring true for you, Mitch? 100%. Uh, I think the first day, uh, Caius will be trying to fill any sort of silence whatsoever um, with just random facts that may or may not be true. Um, just looking at, um, you know, talking about some of the birds that are flying overhead, how they're, um, oh yes, those are um, the, the blue uh, blue chested uh, thestrals, um, I, I, apparently, I think. It's a little difficult to tell from this distance, but it, it looks uh, like it. Um, yes. I think um, the first time that happens and it's something that Anya knows and is incorrect, um, there's probably a very awkward mostly with any of those that she hasn't known up until this point she's sort of agreed and been like oh yes interesting (laughs) um and trying her best to sound genuine at that (laughs) Um, but the first uh instance that there is of um her knowing that's incorrect she um the first statement probably originally comes off quite blunt, not harsh, but blunt of her being like, um, no, actually, Caius, that's, uh, that's not true. That's actually the, uh, the blue toad, uh, spotted mushroom. If you eat that, it is poisonous. You, oh, you can't oh. eat that. Please don't. And then she kind of would pause and she's like, do you, uh, I can um, teach you some things if you want. Um, I, uh, well, I mean, that would, uh, if you've got, well, I mean, we have nothing but time, I guess. Um, that would be lovely. Um, I learned about some things a long time ago when I was um, traveling with a group, but that was that was many years ago now. It um it doesn't even really have to be me teaching you, I guess. Um, if you want if you want to ask um if the fact that you know is true, I can, I can help through that. It's, um, I think sometimes people don't just tell, but it can be, I, I'd like you to not poison yourself and I'd love to help with that. I would also like to not poison myself. Um, I am I'm very much looking forward to um, to life just in general. Um, and I'm under the impression that poisoned mushrooms are not a good way to go about that. Um, so if you could teach me 
uh, things that would be uh, lovely. Thank you. Um, you should go camping with Royer and I sometime. Oh, that would be very nice. Um, I teach her a lot of this then. Um, and she's quite rude to me, so gives knocks me down a peg. It's needed. Very oh. necessary. Teenagers, scary, terrifying. I like it. It would probably be delightful for you to watch in not in a mean way, but just in a teenagers. Uh, sure. Yes. No, I think that would be a, a wonderful idea. Don't uh, like. Don't feel like you have to just because I'm asking, Caius. Like, if you would want to. <laughs> I think that would be nice. Um, we've got time now. Um, uh, we've killed a lot of bad things, so um, it would take a while for more bad things to come up, so we have nothing but time. You leave the bad things to me, okay? <laughs> You've got bees now. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, you take your trek and eventually make your way to uh, where Bryn is buried. Um, sorry, I do, I do, I am aware that this is going on a little bit, yeah. um, but we are near the end of it. Um, yeah. So, as there, um, approaching where um, Bryn is buried. It's sort of this... They would have passed a vast field near a citadel. Um, And once they reach the end of that vast field, it sort of breaks off into forest and sort of rocky alcoves and Anya leads Caius through this rocky um, almost like a place of erosion where um, a natural creek has um, passed through and it's quite thick with shrubbery but you can see a sort of um, path around and um, Anya uh, she says to Caius as she's um, sort of leading through she's like um, we're not far now it's um, maybe five minutes from here she um She would have liked to have been with nature, so that's where I placed her. Caius gives a bit of a nod, and then after five seconds goes, Oh, uh, this it's a very nice spot. <laughs> um... 
I guess uh, you're probably wondering why you? Um, I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm... Please don't take this the wrong way, but we um, we haven't gotten along very well in the past. I, so I know, guys. There were definitely questions. <laughs> um, with Bertie, we have the connection and knowledge of knowing that we will live to see unspeakable joys and unspeakable horrors and have to cope with that in any way we can. With Newman, (laughs) he sees things in the world that I can't possibly comprehend and that always surprises me and keeps me on my toes, which is hard for someone who has lived as long as I have and who will live as long as I do. Rook, I love deeply. We uh, share a connection that I haven't felt in a long time and in a way haven't ever felt. And she understands. I don't know how to explain it much more than that, but she she understands. Ravari, well, Ravari is a lot like me in a lot of in some bad ways but in a lot of good Caius I each of them have their own ways of digging on the the hard shell that I have that I didn't realize I had built up they needle in there they dig down like worms into the earth and they find parts of me that they can eat (laughs) this is not a bad thing but I am describing it like it's bad they are making their homes inside of me When I met you, two things happened. First, I wrote you off. You were too young, too different. In a way, too human. And that is my mistake. because there is nothing wrong with that. But in another way, 
I saw... I saw someone who is enough like me that digging past my shell would hurt. You are not someone who causes hurt, guys. I know that you are strong and that you are very good at fighting and awfully good at killing. But you are not someone who causes hurt. We both lost people dear to us in ways that changed our lives forever. I know it's not I know it's not what most friendships are built on, or it's not what how most things start, but you deserve for me to try, Kais. You are not a write-off. You are not You are not a risk too scary to take. I brought you with me to Bryn because it is the the most vulnerable that I can be is showing you where my heart lives. I am no one else living knows where she is buried. And it would honor me if you would get to meet her. Anya continues walking. She d- she does listen, but she just continues walking. She would have paused for a moment to say all of that, but she starts walking through the brush again. Um, <clears throat> Caius doesn't um, immediately respond. Um, and as quietly as he can um he's just gonna very slowly go up and just brush a little tear from his eye um and we'll take just a couple of seconds just to gather his breath and we'll follow after on You eventually find yourself at the gravesite. I don't know if there's a few quick words that Anya wants to say, or whether um, 
when they reach the gravesite, um, Anya is quiet and she has been since she um, spoke with Caius. Um, but when Caius catches up and approaches, um, he'll see uh, that at where this um, natural sort of crevice and creek has formed, um, there's a trickling, and I mean tiny, like trickling natural waterfall that falls onto a... um, a formation of rocks that seem just a little bit too conspicuous to have formed naturally. And at the top, there's one that is taller than the others. And Anya, uh, she reaches out for Caius's hand. Caius reaches back and takes it. Anya, um, she takes Caius's hand and places it with hers on the makeshift headstone. And um, they're quiet. The two of you take time to take in this moment for beginning the two-week trek back home. Um, just at the end, once um, we do stand up and break off, um, uh, Caius is just going to very slowly just pull Anya into a, a hug. To say thank you for bringing me here. There's um, a quiet moment. Um, and Anya's face is kind of uh, bent down a little bit um, to sort of be buried on um, Caius's shoulder. And after a moment, she whispers very quietly, thank you for coming with me. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Newman, I believe you had something fairly early on in the year. Mm, so Newman, um, after the night where um, we had the celebrations um, and the the conga line and all that, um, Newman would have um, gone back um, somewhere safe and somewhere isolating somewhere quiet and alone and he would have taken out a piece of parchment and quill um, and he would have written the following hi hello howdy i know i haven't written in a while um, but i just wanted to give you an update that you would probably or have been probably waiting for for quite some time Uh, I've been doing well. I've been living a life free from burdens. Um, Burdens that have taken 
so so much of my life and wealth of me um time has been turbulent to say the least but we have been making decent progress to what we've all been wanting for so long I know I didn't leave on the best of terms. I know I left without saying goodbye and I hope you've all been doing well without me. Um, I understand why you didn't want to let me go, but it just wasn't working. I felt helpless and staying wasn't making the situation any better. I saw firsthand what waiting resulted in. I had to do something and once I had the means to do that something I couldn't wait and I hope this doesn't let you have some kind of grudge against me or I hope this doesn't stop us from talking again um, on a side note though um, I have met some of the strongest colorful sympathetic and hot-headed people out there I've met so many wonderful characters. Every single one of these people is truly amazing and people that I'll always hold close to my heart. I've found another place I belong in this cold, hostile world and I really like it. Um, I've experienced so much, but the things that I am truly proud of are some of the people that I have met recently. I've met a reputable potion seller that has helped me shape me into a more responsible and compassionate man. They've improved so much and also as a, as a result of that has guided me through some very troubling times. I do hope I wasn't too much of a nuisance, however. I was pretty mean to them from time to time, but I didn't really mean it and I hope they know that. I met a gentle yet powerful archer who I dare not cross I've never met someone with such wisdom and grace, except for you, Mum. Since she has been our group's, uh, she has been our group's chain link that never breaks, and I honestly don't know where we would have ended up without her. I met a near angel of a man who has taught me the importance of teamwork, shown me how much someone can achieve with sheer hard work and compassion, and is someone who I truly look up to. I hope to know this person as long as I live and I'm looking forward to seeing them achieve greater and greater things. I met one of the most caring bounty hunters out there, which I know it sounds contradictory, but there are that but there are they are someone I've been able to really connect with and share my pain with. They are someone who I can really relate to and we don't speak that much these days. They're they've made some significant changes in their life and I'll always be there to support them and I know they'll always be there to support me and lastly I met one of the most amazing people I've ever met charismatic dramatic chaotic and power all in one very talented package and someone who I'll call my closest friend for the rest of my life I hope they understand how much they mean to me I have done so many things. I've <laughs> I've seen almost anything I could imagine. I have achieved the one thing I've always wanted in life and crafted and obtained fortune beyond imagination. However, these people are my greatest treasure. 
they've given me priceless memories and helped me through literally the darkest depths there were. Our land is free and at a great cost and a cost I'll never be able to repay. Some of these friends paid some of that cost. And I just hope being thankful is enough. Um, but as you would know, Dad, nothing is ever free. And this is definitely an, an absolutely unsurmountable task to complete. I'm writing because I want to invite you back to your home. I want you to see the person I've become and the things I've achieved, but mainly I want you to meet the family. Mano a mano. <laughs> I hope to see you when you when we are all ready. I have a lot of work to do before I am, but hopefully soon. Sincerely, Newman Newms. Paw print. Um, Newman will pocket that post it at a later date and join the celebrations of that night okay, okay. anything Jake, else? I just want to wish you a very get fucked thank you <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean anything else in particular over like the first few months of the year um, Food. Newman has Food? something but it's not the first couple of months of the year okay. it's basically the entirety of the year okay. well, so I'm not sure if there's his... anything more appropriate how does Newman spend his year so Newman um, worked very closely um, with freeing his home whilst Rook and Anya are out killing the bad guys <laughs> hunting them down or I can't remember what the word was that Eddie used but basically snuff them out extinguish that was it um Newman will be doing the other side of things he will be helping the people he will be building foundations so that people can come back bring refugees back he will be working closely with the other land setting up things like teleportation circles um, to aid travel so that people don't have to take long boat rides home. Um, Newman will be working closely with the governments to get funds, uh, subsidise costs so that people can come back home but don't necessarily have to find work straight away, rebuild a home, build a family before they can start doing that. Um, Newman's going to set up hospitals, uh, institutions, embassies, that kind of stuff to just make the process so much easier. And this isn't just in Karas, this is all around, as far as Newman can reach on the places that he's travelled. Um, Newman's made a lot of connections recently. Unfortunately, lots of the significant ones are now dead. <laughs> um, unfortunately. Uh, part of the cost of freeing Karas, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, he does have um, <laughs> a lot of fingers in people's mayo jars, so to speak. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But, yeah, so Newman is basically just going to be dedicating his entire next couple of years to just rebuilding and helping people. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ross... I believe you had something for early on in the year as well. I do. Um, so, oh, I don't know how I can 
follow up that beautiful, heartfelt, wonderful scene uh, for audio listeners. We're all crying in the club right now. Uh, thanks, Jake. Um, okay, so I'll say in a macro sense before we focus in on this scene that happens quite early in the year, um, Ross would like Newman spend a lot of time in the rebuild effort of Karas. Her focus is on helping people um, and she wants her home to look the way she remembers it when she was a child um, and not the almost black and white place it had become over time but there's a point for the first six months of the year people would notice that Ross much like in the the year the year gap, the time skip, she gets these fits of vagueness where before it was minutes at a time, it now lasts, it can last a while where she just becomes blank. And anyone who looks closely enough or anyone who maybe talks to Sam about what she's going through would know that it is guilt that there is a lot of guilt in in her and periodically over the first six months she would without getting into too many details she would pull every member of the party aside in a private personal moment and she would apologize for all the things she said and did in the name of a cause that they didn't sign up to fight. Um, and even when they did, she would apologize for what she did. But again, unless asked, she would not go into specifics. She would just say that she is sorry for a lot of the way she behaved, the way she felt she had to behave in order to survive, and that none of it is excusable even if it felt like the only option. Anyone who, I'm assuming the party doesn't, you know, gather around a water cooler and be like, so who of you has had the guilt conversation with Ross? But people would notice as it goes along that it's almost like she's spiraling around one specific person. And it takes that full six months for her to talk to Caius. And she would find a private time where it wouldn't be weird for the two of them to go off on their own um she would probably do this in Dorham probably somewhere Kaius felt really comfortable so probably Bertie's house <laughs> to be honest maybe while Bertie's out um and it's just the two of them And she would pull him aside and say, Hey, um, can I have a private word? Yes, of course. Um, oh, um, I can see you, he says to a a random dark shadow in a corner uh, and waits for a little bit. 
does anyone step out of the shadows? Yeah. Sorry, it's the habit now. If, if someone has a private conversation, you have to look at the shadows. <clears throat> oh, does Newman do that to you too? Oh, no, um, we've got another house guest um, that just sort of appears every now and then. Um, oh, that... Did you just call Anya a house guest? Um, is that the wrong term? No, 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 no. It's it, this is your and Bertie's home. Like that's you can use whatever term you. Well, it's Bertie's home, really. I, I'm Caius. I'm Come also on. a house guest, if you will. Caius. Caius. What? Complete, Caius is a complete sidebar to the conversation I really need to have with you. At some point, you need to look at, like, your self. Buddy, this is your house, too. But, no, it isn't, though. Bertie built it. Um, I, I, I stay here. I've got a, a, a room, um, or a few, um, but it's, it's Bertie's house. Was this the conversation? No, I just feel like... I'm getting this... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why are we apologizing? What's happening? Okay. I need to talk to you about... Something. I need to apologize to you. You do? Yes. Oh. Okay. Um. Uh. Well. Uh. Thank you. And apology accepted. No. No. I need. <sighs> Are you? Do you need to sit down? We should sit down. Yep. Okay. And- <laughs> no, it's Caius. I'm, I'm just nervous. All right, it's, it's. Well, so am I now. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, look. And she like sits down, elbows on her knees, and her fingers are tapping together. It's a, it's a habit she's picked up from Birdie, where she used to fidget her rings a lot, and now it's shifted into that say. Not the same steepled fingers, but this very solid, almost like pressing of hands to reground herself in her own body. Um, Kai sits down opposite. I need to apologize to you for some of the things I did throughout the war. Which one? big one um oh both depending on how you look at it I don't want to make excuses for myself and I don't want to act as if I have any recall here I just want to tell you what I did so that you know because I can't keep going forward knowing this and knowing that you don't know 
because it's not fair to you. When I have made a lot of mistakes and I've hurt a lot of people. I have done a lot of things to gather information when I thought it would protect us. And even when I thought it was right, that did not mean it was good. So I need to apologize to you for that day at the hospital. That's kind of takes a moment to think and then is sort of jolted back as like he remembers the time but he still looks confused when her hands are shaking but she's trying to hide it because she doesn't want him to think she's looking for sympathy When you told me about Ravenna and how she hurt you, I couldn't understand how someone could hurt another person like that to cause so much destruction. And you mentioned that her being mind-controlled was an option, that it was potentially what had happened, but you didn't know, and you didn't want to. And... And I will repeat that I am not proud of this and I have never for one second thought it was good. But I thought I had to find out in order to keep us safe. So I found out. And I... I there's no way I can say this that won't make you hate me I don't think so I'm just going to say it I wore your face to do it and I wanted to keep you safe but that excuses none of it I can give you every excuse I have that won't make it good and it won't make it right. And I have to tell you because you are one of the best men I've ever met 
and you need to be able to make informed decisions about the people you keep in your life. And if that is no longer me, then that is no longer me. And then she is quiet. Um, Caius becomes um, very tense. Um, it sort of builds up like a wave. He's sort of confused and then startled on the realization and then There's a lot of different emotions across his face. And he begins to bounce um, one of his legs a little bit um, as he opens his mouth and closes it a couple of times um, before. Never mind what you did. That's that's done. Very obviously, I didn't want it done, but you decided that it was a good idea to do it. I can't change that. Why? I can't understand. After waiting all this time, why would you... Why would you tell me now? Because you deserve to know if you want me in your life anymore. That's... With all due respect, that's bullshit. Something in her face cracks a little bit, this very genuine break of emotion. Because I am a coward. And I knew what I had to do, but I didn't. Every reason I think of that sounds kind is just me protecting myself. I was scared I'd lose you as a friend. I didn't want to. Leave at the time. <clears throat> And you just brought it up again. That I mentioned... That I made it very clear I wanted to move on. I didn't want to know. 
didn't want to be reminded. Not only did you take it upon yourself to find out what I had expressly told you and you alone that I didn't want to know, but now years later you tell me some more freedom so you don't have that guilt hanging over you anymore It's your home. I'll leave. And Ross does. So Bertie, what is, uh, what is it that you do with your year? Yeah, so as usual, all of what Bertie does revolves around, um, what other people choose to do but a lot of a lot of it instead of like last time where he was following orders or waiting around for people he tries to sort of sculpt a bit more time for himself um and he um kind of um yeah, he spends some time with people while we're in Karas. Um, once though, it starts to um, kind of eventuate that like um, people starting to head back. Um, then um, he, yeah, he goes back to Dorham. Um, he goes back to check in on the store. He goes back to see how things are going and to still slots in with people. Obviously, as Eddie mentioned, Anya sort of ends up spending a lot of time with Rook and with Roya and things like that, so he doesn't see Anya for a while. I assume he'd spend some time around with Caius. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, he tr- he tries to, um, yeah, tries to find some space for himself, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, at some point, maybe a month or two, maybe three or four, I don't know, so at some point during the after of what just occurred, um, that wild incident in Karas in the month that stopped a war, um, Bertie comes to Caius with a certain degree of purpose um, and mostly unannounced. He maybe mention to Caius around what his duties were for the coming week, just asking what plans Caius had for it, that kind of thing. Um, and then maybe over the last few weeks, Bertie's been a bit more reflective than normal or quiet in a way that's different to what Caius has noticed before because despite how he is, Caius does notice those things. And today, 
Bertie asks to meet Caius about something, which is maybe a bit unusual because um, even now, especially now that presumably there's a bit more of an understanding between each other back in Dorham, back taking root in life once again, Bertie usually has always tried to make the habit of telling Caius what to expect if he asks to meet him. Um, Maybe because Bertie thinks that puts Caius more at ease, maybe for something else. Anyway, um, on this day, um, Bertie asked to meet Caius, um, maybe even just down at the, like, the foot of like the hill that Caius's little building is on. Um, not anywhere near the, the house or the garden or anything like that, just um, the, the road leading up to it, the winding grass and everything like that. And Bertie is standing there unarmed with his hair down, which is unusual around most people, but pretty common around you, Caius. Um, he's wearing neat trousers and some sort of highly patterned dressing gown type thing that you know he likes to wear now that he's able to it's not just armour and war and the usual things, the jewellery you gifted him, leaves, flowers he doesn't have the sword your sister gave him more than a year ago he does however have the moon staff glowing faintly an artefact he had before he even met you as well as something currently hidden in his right hand And um, he kind of, like, his ears sort of flick in your direction as you approach, however you do. Um, And he looks up and says, Hey! Um, So, just as a note, it is sort of like a half jog (laughs) that (laughs) Caius sort of comes up to Bertie at. Um, He's sort of wandered his way down the hill. Um, And on seeing Bertie, his pace has picked up a little bit. Um, so, oh, um, hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, uh, Have a, one, a good day so far? It's, uh, well, I've not really been up to very much, just sort of, um, uh, taking care of everything. Um, <clears throat> good. Yes. Um, how are you? You look lovely as always. <laughs> well, thank you, flatterer. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, um, I think I'm okay. Uh, Thanks for coming to meet me. (laughs) Uh, It's a long walk to get here. I can tell you that now. (laughs) Wow, you've done a wonderful job to get here. Oh, well, I hitched a cart rider most of the way here, but, you know, even just walking up that driveway, my goodness. (laughs) It's a bit of a walk. How (laughs) ingenuineness of you. Y- yeah, that absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And Betty looks kind of um, not nervous, just again contemplative for a moment. And he looks kind of down again. Um, and then he looks up again, and he looks serious. And he's like, um, so uh, I told you about my parents before. And how different they were to yours. Still are. And you know most of the story, how they kind of just left me behind in days or one day, and how I... Well, how I feel about them, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And Bertie opens his right hand to reveal he's holding the silver tuning fork that his parents left him along with their letter when Bertie visited Deosil. You, of course weren't quite there, Caius, when Bertie got that letter and dissolved into turmoil about mistaken feelings that still carried with them the weight of parents who 
viewed leaving their child behind for hundreds of years as a shame and not a loss. You were at the same day as Tavern, of course, but your mind was a million miles away with the loss of your father, the betrayal of your past lover, the disrespect of an elf and a tiefling, and even a tabaxi a little. But Bertie has mentioned this before. This is a component of the spell Plane Shift, which Bertie has become more in tune with as his powers have grown and as he has settled into a life of his own. And he just holds that tuning fork up. I guess lately I've just been thinking a lot about some things about waiting too long to see how things go and well I just think it's time to see them and maybe to talk I haven't figured that bit out yet but I know I I know I can't do it alone well I don't want to (laughs) I guess it's probably a better amendment to that so uh, Caius can you come with of course I would Bertie He reaches out. He like turns the tuning fork um, into his like palm, and then reaches out and like curls his fingers around. Reaches out to hold Kaiser's hand. Kaiser steps in. I um. Well, I want you to reconsider that for a moment, just a moment, because I got to warn you now. Where I was born, it. Have you ever been to the Feywild? Oh, um... <clears throat> I... don't know. What does it look like? Very different. You probably haven't. Not a lot of people have all the time, I guess. It's not a common place to go to, like, for a holiday, like a beach or something. There's probably a beach there. Um, well... It's probably not what you're used to, I guess. Um, and there's always a risk. Uh, we should be safe. No problem about that. But um, time don't work the same way in the Feywild. If we're quick, worst can be as hours, a day or two. And I'm not sure if I'll be able to tether to wherever they are, if they're still there. But I have this. And he... um digs into like um little, little hip bag that you gifted him more than a year ago i guess um and he holds up a tube sort of thing which caius would recognize as a scroll case this is probably pelted him with one of once or twice at least um a spell to locate someone a creature hopefully if it doesn't take me straight there it shouldn't be far but again i want to try to do this and i want you there ideally but it's your choice, and I'll accept it either way. Bertie, I'm... I'm with you. Always. Okay. Alright, then. Thank you. And, um... But he kind of pulls away for a bit, and he, um... Out of the little hip bag, he takes out a vial of maybe dust or sand out of his hip bag and kind of scatters it on the ground before kneeling down and very, like, 
very carefully making some kind of like shapes of an arcane circle with the tuning fork. And he is sort of focused and tense, but as always, Betty's magic is sculpted through practice and through the passion of creativity. And kind of like how he looks when he cooks together with you. And after a moment, he pauses for a moment and stands up and holds out his hand. Less chance you'll keep with any of this. If all goes well, we'll be back in no time at all, but it's up to you. got nothing planned and he takes your hand and Bertie's fingers curl into yours and you feel the energy of Bertie's magic throw, flow through you for a moment through your connected hands and down through your body and out your feet where it radiates to fill the circle he's drawn and the scenery suddenly changes and Darby what do we see? Um, you see um, it's almost like stepping into a, a lush forest um, within the material plane um, as the closest point of reference you have but the colours seem a lot more vibrant Um, you take a moment to take in things about the the foliage to the plant life um, and as well as um, the the bugs um, or bug like creatures glittering around you notice that they are these strange creatures not native to the material plane um some of them resemble miniaturized versions of otherwise normal beasts um with wings of various descriptions um while others are just strange you don't have any real point of reference um to how these look and i guess i'll also mention um bertie looks a bit different still the same but no whites in his eyes just the pink more flowers more thorns just a little bit more fey like a veil's been pushed back just a little and bertie looks to see how caius is going Still holding hands. Um, Caius is just kind of looking around with a mixture of uh, shock and awe, if you will. Um, Well, um, no, I've not been here before. (laughs) Yeah, I know that checks. Yeah, it's good to hear, I guess. In a way, you can get lost in here pretty easy. (laughs) But uh, we won't, so that'll be fine. Uh, well, and Betty looks a bit self-conscious and kind of um, slips his hand back and puts the tuning fork away. And then he takes out the um, little spell, like spell scroll case and pops it open and unfurls the scroll and kind of like traces the symbols on the page and then um, his energy, like the magic flashes and he's going to cast Locate Creature to try and find his birth parents. Yeah. So with the aid of the spell, it's not too long um, before you find, before you manage to find them. Um, Distance is weird in the Feywild but that kind of works to your advantage with this spell. 
um, and as a being of the as a being of the Feywild, you are able to kind of subconsciously make um, the distance it takes for you to travel places briefer. Um, and you eventually come across um, to Aladrin. Um, that you recognize as your parents. Do they still look about the same? Yeah. They look just as you remember them. So one of them's green, one of them's pink, both of them are spring aladrin. Um uh if for the same season currently. Um they're a lot more typically aladrin looking than Bertie is. And Bertie still looks for all intents and purposes even here, like a Caucasian kind of elf. Um but yeah, they're both yeah. His par is green, um, has lots of leaves, affects his like hair kind of explodes into this like long <laughs> shock kind of mullet <laughs> of like green leaves and like um they both have even longies than Bertie does. Um his ma has very long, incredibly vibrant pink hair, almost like Bertie did when Caius first met him. Um, but very long and wavy. Like the, both of them have flowers and leaves twined through their hair and across their person. Um, Bertie's ma especially doesn't wear many clothes. Um, uh, yeah, they they look very alien. Um, there's some resemblance to Bertie, um, of course, in the faces and the posture, but they look very different. They look a little bit similar to how Bertie looks now, of course, but different and yeah and I guess the moment we sort of like step through clearing are they like doing anything just like hanging there or whatever um, um, so yeah kind, kind of just you you managed to catch them in a moment of just kind of relaxing um, yeah not we really step doing through much of anything yeah um, and Bertie just kind of like he's been very furtive the whole time he probably hasn't talked as much as he normally does um, to, especially to Caius um, while we've been following this little scroll especially since it hasn't been too long um, but he sort of just like freezes just bodily um, and um, as his like eyes track on them and like Caius can just feel Bertie is so tense suddenly so Here's a question. What uh-huh. name would his parents know him by? Oh, okay. It'd be some elven variation of Berthold, but um, yeah. I don't... I can't even picture it because Betty has repressed that for so long. Okay. Something. It probably sounds... Even if they say Berthold, it sounds like it, but not right. All right. So... Um, as you step into the clearing, um, you notice, um, the two of them look up and there's an immediate recognition in your father's eyes. Oh, Beatrice. You've finally come home, have you? And Bertie suddenly looks like a child again. 
not literally, of course, but he was a child when they left. And while he looks the same as he has the moment before, he also looks very small. And he just is still just even more tense, just like his ears are pricked straight up. Um, and he's just like, hi. And his mouth kind of works around words he can't form. And again, just, hi. Lou, um, and your mother, um, base steps forward uh, and, and looks towards Caius and and who is this that uh, that you uh, have brought with you? Awfully human. Not very fair at all. But he just like looks at the dad, like, God damn, I wish my mom's tits were out right now. <laughs> and then looks up and then just like again, just he's so tense. He's just like, um Oh uh, Before uh, you yeah, can this answer Oh, uh, this is Before you can finish that answer, your father face steps forward himself and says Oh no, Emily Emily, there, there is a bit there is a bit of the fae about him. Uh, he will be fine. He will He will remember this all. Um, oh, good. I would hope that you weren't going to bring someone here just for them to forget about it. <sighs> yeah, yeah, no, um... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, this is, this is Caius. Um, Caius, this is my mom and pa. I am Emily, and this is Theodore. Um, uh, Caius is going to um, sort of have a a brief moment of recognition, um, and then, um, well, it is um, an honor to finally meet the two of you. Um, my name is Caius, and it's uh, just a, a pleasure. I've wanted to meet the two of you for a very long time. Wonderful. Oh, well, it's been a while, that's for sure. I'm a lot older than you're. And Betty is again like he's usually pretty relaxed around Caius or like nervous in a particular way where he's not quite sure what Caius wants him to do, but now he is just as nervous as he was before. Um and you can see like Caius probably recognizes this kind of thing himself. He is rapidly trying to make smooth things over um, or make things like go smoothly in a way that he's probably contemplated a lot and he's like well it's good to see you are you happy here good time here uh, we're always happy in the fair wild yeah t- good uh Cool. I take it you got our letter. It's 
or did you have to source your own uh, fair crossing? Oh, yeah, and Buddy like fishes in his like pocket and pulls out the tuning fork. Yeah, thanks for leaving that for me. Must have meant you wanted me to visit, I guess. I'm sorry, it took me so long. <laughs> oh, it did? Well, yeah, I look cool. a bit different after all. Yes, but, um, you'll forgive us some um, time. You know how time is here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Did you travel much between, did you go back to the other place before? You must have visited once at least to, to leave have... the tuning fork. Yes, yes. Um, we have, by our reckoning, we left it a month or two ago. I don't know how oh. long that was by um, material reckoning. Oh. Well, um... And, um, Kai's can tell, like, yeah, again, but he's still very tense, but he's sort of, like, he doesn't even have pupils currently, but he's still, like, a bit of wetness is starting to well up around his eyes. Um, and, um, like, the petals, which have been quite frequently fluttering from him, sort of, like, have started to sort of, like, wilt, almost like a, like the flowers do around his feet. Um, and his like hands just kind of ball at his sides, and then just like kind of tap like the sides of his like, um, his own like thighs for a moment. Oh yeah, boy, it wasn't a, a long time for you guys, I guess. It was a, a long time for me. Uh, and you're, you were just chilling here. You didn't. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Cool, I, um, I was waiting a long time to see if you'd come back. I guess it was only two months for you. Yes. We've made some visits, but, um, we seem to have missed oh. you each time. Oh... Well, I did leave the tavern a long time ago, I guess, so maybe if you visited there, or we just missed each other in the material plane, I guess. Did you look... did you look for me? We asked for word. <sighs> and Betty kind of just, like, half turns a bit. And just looks down at the ground. And it's just quiet. He is shaking a little bit. <clears throat> Caius is going to um, sort of look up a little bit. Um, uh, he's been uh, as politely as possible trying to look anywhere except for his uh, <laughs> parents uh, <clears throat> out of respect um, 
and he's going to look up and say, well, um, it's probably um, would have been quite difficult to hear any word um, um, about um, Beatrice's um, whereabouts because uh, it was, he's been very busy over the last um, year. Um, he's uh, saved the world what twice now, I think it was. Um, he's been doing very well, actually. So oh, wonderful. So it's a nice place um, that you have here. Um, is this... Um, are there others who live around here, or is it just the two of you? There, there are... There are folk of the Fae everywhere. Uh, well, um... You don't sort of um, stay in one spot or anything. Not particularly, no. It's uh, um, probably yeah. a little bit of that um, back on the material plane as well. Although um, he does also have quite a large um, dwelling as well. If he ever does want to sort of stop, um, that he did uh, make um, himself, which is quite uh, quite fanciful especially from um, that particular area. There are a lot of um, large dwellings, and this one is by uh, far the largest. And, um, uh, sorry, I'm rambling. I just wanted to... Um, <laughs> there's just so much to uh, say about what uh, Beatrice has been doing over the last um, while. Well... When we are next in the material, we will make sure that we try to venture that way. If a Beatrice would care to have us, that is. Everybody's still just like looking at the ground, um, but like his like little like bald hands are just shaking. And he just looks up at uh, Theodore and Emily, and he's like, um, and he still has little tears running down his face. He's like, my life was so hard without you in it. What? I had to do things I'm not proud of. I spent days and years waiting for you. I had to make my own way. I was always looking for someone to care, and you were... I saved the world twice. Did you just get bored of me? And then Betty does burst into tears. Quiet ones, but quite messy. <laughs> the silence in their response is almost deafening. You detect there is a twinge of guilt in there but their fey nature 
um, and you you would understand this having come from the Feywild originally, Bertie, um, at least on a rational level, even if you don't understand it on an emotional level, um, because it is a hard thing to understand on an emotional level by its very nature. Um, it is a place, it is a very mercurial place that instills um, a very mercurial nature on those um, exposed to it. Yeah. And Betty just kind of just snivels for it. And then, yeah. Just kind of turns to the side again a bit. Um... And then he's, and then like, lifts his head up again. He's like, well, it was a good chat. Good to see you. It's been a delight to see you again, Beatrice. Don't be a stranger. Uh, yeah. <sighs> sure. I'll, I'll see you sometime, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Birdie kind of just like um, turns around and just like pads like back a couple of steps in the direction they came from um and then he just uh and then he just like um he turns he looks back over his shoulder and he's like i hated you both for so long but i see it now it's not worth it (laughs) You're just a part of who I was, and I'm the one in charge of who I'll be. That's fine. I'm happier now. Good, good chat. And he does, like, then just turn to leave, but he will pad back to come and get Caius <laughs> if Caius doesn't follow for a bit. Um, but yeah. And. Sorry. As um, as Birdie turns to go, um, Kais does reach out and give his arm a little squeeze. Um, and locks eyes with him and gives him a bit of a nod and a sort of a half smile. Um, and, and it says um. <laughs> I'll, um, just give me one moment, and he's gonna let go of Birdie's arm and just sort of okay. give him another little nod and, and plod back to um, um, Birdie's and parents. But he kind of just like walk, like pauses for a moment, and then just like walks on ahead and just sits down at a log and just has a little cry. Um, just, uh, quickly, um, uh, 
Mr. Uh, Mr. Bertie, uh, Theodore. Um, if I may, just very quickly, I know we've just met. Um, I just wanted to um, say a, a couple of words. Um, You should, I know things are um, difficult and families are, are odd at the best of times, um, but regardless of um, the role that you paid, uh, played in um, in Bertie's life, uh, we call him Bertie, if you um, hung around a little bit you might know that. We, um, it's important that you know that he's grown into an incredible man um, who has done incredible things in uh, that has affected so many lives. And while I know that this area obviously um, works differently to where where from um, and you're not able to well come over every now and then to take care of your son I want you to be happy in the knowledge that I will in your stead Pleasure meeting you both. Um, I um, don't think we can stay for dinner. Um, I'm not really getting that vibe. Um, uh, yes, well, uh, lovely place. And I will um, go back now. Bye. Do you return to Bertie? Can I take it, Bertie, you cast the plane shift spell yeah yeah um, so Bertie kind it? of like yeah. um oh yeah no he kind of like scrubs at his eyes a bit when Caius returns um and um he looks up in query but he doesn't need to ask um and he kind of like slides his hand up to, to um hold Caius's again Nikos kind of like scrubs his eyes and like stands up and like, I'm sorry about that. Let's um let's get back home. Yeah. And um and then Bertie, uh, yeah, like planes he will cast plane shift again. Um he would have the mm. components to get back to the, yeah. the material plane. And when you cast that, can you roll me a D twenty please? Uh, a twelve. A twelve. Okay. There, that is in the no change range under the time warp effects. Oh so wow! <laughs> the amount of time that passed in the Feywild is the amount of time that passed for you. Uh, it passed. A, a bird a finishes plane. cawing when we reappear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and then the second that we're back on the, the, the foot of the hill um, and the dust that Blackbird used to make that blows away in the wind, um, 
So it just kind of stands there for a moment. Okay. And and then um, he just kind of like um, lets go of Kaisa's hand and just flops down the grass and just stares up at the sky. And he's like, well, there we go. Did it. Didn't make me feel better. But there we go. Thanks. Kaius, for coming with. Kaius is just sort of going to look down at Birdie and then look up at the sky. And then just kind of flop down next to Birdie. <laughs> sort of cross his feet. Yeah. And Betty kind of just looks up at the sky for about, and he's like, I don't know if you remember back in Navora, way back then when we did the magic lesson thing. After, like, the magic went wrong back back then when you didn't have your control over it. Ah. And he's like, hand finds Kaisers again and just kind of, like, loops a couple of fingers around his. But he still just keeps looking out for the sky. I think, like, we did the magic lesson thing, and then we talked a bit about your family. I don't know why I've been remembering it lately, I guess. I don't know if you even remember, but I remember it pretty clearly. Um, you said how important your family were to you, and that you respected them, and that you knew they'd always have your back to support you. I didn't get it myself. At least not for me, <laughs> for reasons I guess you can see. But it was good to hear um, for you. And um, and then while well, you said that you were sure that that one day I'd find someone very important to me that I could settle down and have my own family with, and then I'd be able to feel what it's like, because I hadn't when I was growing up. But he kind of like um, turns his head to look at him. Was like, I guess that's true. So you're my home, and you're the son that helps me grow out of the shade. An impossible man who fell out of the sky points to the sky, one part of a hole. So <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm really upset. But <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter how they are. I'll get over that in time. They were gone long ago to me, but. I want you to be happy, and you make me happy, and that's all that really matters to me, I guess. So thanks. Ah, uh, um, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, there's not much that I do remember about um, Navora. But that conversation isn't one that I can really forget. I think that... I mean, I'd been with you all for a while, um, but I think that was the first time that I saw you. And... And I knew, well, I, I didn't... Um, I didn't know the details at that time, but I knew that you would 
I meant everything that I said. I knew that you would make someone incredibly happy. And... Well, uh, once again, I was right. I'm very good at predicting these things. So, this, I'm, um, I am very happy, and that's because of you. You should add, for, add fortune teller to your uh, your list of all the hobbies that you have now. <laughs> no, I should. <laughs> Run it by the bees first. We'll see. He curls into Kaisa's side on the in the grass. All right. Next, we have um, Rook. What do you wish to accomplish in your year? <laughs> um, gosh, sir, uh, for an overview of um, generally what Brooke's been doing, um, we've already covered a bit that she would have um, alongside Anya a lot of the time and also probably working, like, not directly, but sometimes getting some info and um, going on together with um, Ross and Newman as well. She'd be working to freak her ass, doing lots of, like, um, combat, like, um, hunting down people and probably some, like, political stuff as well. Um, and this is, like... This should be, like, such, like... This is, like, such a good time for her because she's, like find love in Anya, she's found family in Roya, and she's found vengeance against Taven, and she's working to free Karas fully. Um, but despite all these wonderful things, this is still, like, a really big upset in her life. She's spent the last two years focused only on her revenge, and not even, like, conceiving of any future afterwards. Um, so now that she's reached it, she kind of has to keep busy for a while trying to find more things to focus on because otherwise it's like even with all the support around her there's this kind of sense of aimlessness and a sense that now she can't quite run from the grief anymore and that she has to face it (laughs) head on however this is really tempered by the fact that she has all these people around her. She has Anya, she has Roya, she has Bertie and Newman and Ross and Caius, just uh, the whole group uh, that are really good sources of comfort. So that's something that she's going to be struggling with for quite some time, but she has her help. Um, in other job kind of news, uh, she hands in her resignation to the convocation where she'd worked as a translator and assistant to Ty Sean. Um, she continues to have friendly relationship with him. I think she might sometimes work as a translator if there's any, if she's ever needed, I suppose. Um, but it's not really, she's never really liked the convocation or any bureaucratic, bureaucratic kind of stuff. So she's happy that she can now cut ties with these things that she needed for when she had a desperate goal in mind. Also a certain uh, criminal underground organisation that she had a a few ties with in the year break as well. There's no need to work with them anymore. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so she's spending a lot of time in Karas. 
and she's keeping an ear out for information as well just kind of loosely she's kind of keeping an eye out for what happened to her mercenary troop because they were someone the scaled shields they were someone that she was looking for hoping that they would help um during the attack and now she's quite she doesn't need that help anymore but she's quite curious about what happened to them and there are some loose sense that she wants to kind of tie up um her how, how long do you think so, it would take? Uh, where would she find them? Roll me, roll me an investigation check to see... Oh, I get um, to roll a dice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Can I get advantage? Can I take ten? Do you have any remaining... Um, no. Any remaining inspiration? I roll a two, and that adds a one, so she got a three. <laughs> Does anyone have inspiration that they would like to give to Rook? Yes, I have three. <laughs> I was I also going to say, um, if this was something that Rook mentioned That's to good. Anya, Anya also would have kept an ear to the ground for her, just of any mentionings of anything of the sort too. But only if that was something that she was... Yeah, I think, sort of I think, comfortable she, I think she would have um, she would have disclosed that and make okay. it to Ross as well. Um, so I rolled a nineteen. Case. So I'm assuming Rook doesn't find anything, but one of the others does. Um, I will say yes. One of one of the others kind of um, I think Anya in listening around finds something that would um, point you in the right direction. And with oh, that, it's not too long. Um, before you're able to track down um, at least uh, Tato. Excellent. Sweet. So yeah, she'd try to arrange a, a meeting with Tato. Mm. So I assume, I don't know, they'd be in like a back room of, I don't know, a, a yeah, <laughs> private room of back, a tavern or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, you see her, she's much as you remember um, middle-aged, dragonborn woman, blue scales, a sleek horn above her nose. Excellent. Rook will uh, walk up to her and kind of hold out a hand to shake. Um, kind of looking a bit bashful. She returns the gesture. Hey, Tato. Look, the last time I saw you, you, uh, you told me to get out and leave, so uh, I'm sorry for returning. I hope it's not unwelcome. From your demeanor, you seem to have grown a lot <laughs> since our departure. Don't seem as reckless anymore. Oh, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right on that one. I um. I've gotten a bit of a better control of my temper, and well, I had to learn a couple of things in avenging my tribe. Yes, I heard about that. Word got to us. Uh... A few weeks after the, the wizards fell, 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Impressive effort you managed. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I had a bit of help from uh, some of new uh, adventuring companions. <laughs> but about that, whereabouts were you when the whole thing with the wizard was going down? I imagine a mercenary troop would be under high demand. We had a job. I hope you understand client confidentiality. I uh, know, of course, of course, that that's no problem. I, uh... The amount they paid, they got a lot of confidentiality. Understandable. Well, I'm glad I was hoping the wizards wouldn't try to uh, push you into anything. No, it was not them. You can be rest assured that it was at the very least not them. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad you um, you all stayed out of it and got a bit of cash as well. Uh, tell me, have you got a new barbarian for the group? A new frontliner? That one with the, uh... The potent rage that you did. A kind of like a complicated series of expressions goes over Rook's face. It's almost like this, like, she's trying, like... She feels concerned about this, but she can't quite understand why. She's a bit confused. But after a moment, um, she'll just go. I see. Well, um... I'm sure that they'll they'll serve their purpose well. You, uh... You go easy on the train, and okay, uh... There's a lot that you can achieve without that much control and harsh measures. Understood. Excellent. If I can... If you ever want to earn a bit of cash, you can always use a little extra muscle to... Thanks, I'll, I'll consider it. I've got a bit of a freelance work going on lately. Actually, is 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 Charlie still the second in command? Can I can I have a word with her? She is. Um... Excellent. Then I wouldn't mind a word in private. Yes. Uh, I saw the, the crew out the back there. I will go get her for you. Thank you. It's good to see you again, Tato. Been good. And she gets up, leaves the back room. You're waiting for a moment before you uh, see a dark-skinned, uh, lean human woman um, enter. Um, she holds herself um, well. And you see the, uh, the, the cloak draped around her. 
um, the dark, uh, dark blue. Oh, hey, Charlie. Hello. Been a while. It sure has. <laughs> Look, I, I wanted to apologize about the way that we, the way that we split paths. Look, I, I could have been a little bit more sensitive myself. I, I didn't have any right to I don't know to treat you to let my grief turn to drink and just be a miserable person to everyone I should have kept a better control and I better check on my temper and everything look no one deserves that but I'm sorry I hope I hope life's been treating you well. It has. And you? Yeah, I mean, it's got its downsides, but I've got... <laughs> <laughs> got a great new purpose, new, um, new friends, a uh, new girlfriend. <laughs> um... I'm doing a lot better. I... But I, I, I couldn't let it stand without a proper apology. Apology accepted. <laughs> Thanks. I apologize for my part in the matter, too. <laughs> Thank you. It's, uh... Yeah, I don't know. After all the time to, we had together, I would have... I wish it hadn't come to just... Me being a shitty person and then getting fired and left in a tavern. <laughs> but, hey, I guess sometimes things come to an end and I'm, I'm real sorry I had to, had to go that way. <laughs> hey, I... Uh, I hope the, the troops still treating you well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm expanding uh, my breadth of knowledge. Um, picking up some new tricks. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, between your arrow and your magic, uh, you've always been, yeah. An excellent second in command. <laughs> hey, well, I won't, um, I won't keep the reunion too awkward or anything, but I don't know if you want to, if you want to keep in touch, I guess I can put you onto anyone if you want any work or anything. I don't know about hiring my yourself, that sounds weird, but we've got some folks that not. If you need the coin. Work's the always job. appreciated, but we're usually in, pretty, in well enough demand to keep us uh, pretty comfortable. <laughs> That's true. It's a, it's a good troop. Hey, uh, I don't know. If you ever, uh, if you ever take over command, maybe you could try being a little bit more gentle than Tato. She 
gets the job done, but I don't know. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah, she uh, she needs that perfection. <laughs> oh well. Uh, I'll get you a quick drink for old time's sake, and then I'll, I'll hit the road. <laughs> okay. See. And yeah. Um Caius. What what are the highlights uh, and goals of your year? Well, um <clears throat> he's been away for most of the year. <laughs> mm. Uh things have happened. He's had lovely chats with everyone. Um, he did make a couple of promises um, that he wants to uphold the first of which um, to his good friend Newman uh, he invited him to come over and have a um, a tour of his property which Caius mentioned in a sort of um, not aloof manner, but definitely like a oh, it's a thing that you can do. I've got a house. You can come over and have a look if you want. Um, but he's very much showed this to um, Bertie and uh, the single uh, hired hand from Caius's mansion uh, or Caius's family's mansion that um, had sort of been keeping the grounds while we were otherwise indisposed dealing with a bunch of bald people um, so at some stage whenever Newman is um, available um, Caius is aware that Newman is very busy at the moment for the rebuilding of um the rebuilding efforts um, but he would put out little feelers every now and then um, and if Newman you, responds absolutely yeah Newman will be there like as soon as the first date gets posted essentially he, he can teleport like he has friends who can teleport him so and I can hire people who can teleport him so yeah, he'll just as soon as he finds out, he'll be like, yep, no, I'm there. Okay. Um, well, if it's fairly early on then, um, yeah, I guess Caius would um, invite Newman to a place that Newman is aware of, which would probably just be the, uh, the front door of Bertie's house. Um, and... I would assume the two of us would probably go in for a coffee and say hi to Bertie for a little bit. And yeah, and then we would jump up on the back of uh, Theodore and yeah, we fly over to... Um, there's a little um, clearing. So as you're coming up to the hill, um, you can see Dorham underneath just kind of uh, fading away 
as we're approaching this hill, which is probably... Um, it's not too far out of Dorham. It's maybe 30 minutes or so um, ride um, the base of the hill out of Dorham. Um, but then the hill itself is a pretty hefty climb. Uh, unless, of course, you have a, uh, a flying donkey. So uh, coming up to the hill, you can see that it's um, covered fairly heavily in um, a, a forest. Um, and then there's a, a small clearing um, near the top of the hill where we angle down and set ourselves down. Um, and you can see at the end of the clearing, there's a small uh, stable that almost looks like it's under, still under a little bit of construction, um, sort of trying to make it a little bit bigger. Um, but it's it's a definite landing zone and hangar, if you will. Um, and then there's a, a path leading down the hill and then one continuing up the hill, which Kaius will um, very excitedly sort of lead Newman up. Um, so um, I've been working on this for a little while, just sort of on and off as um, it's nothing um, nothing too big, um, but I, uh, well, I, I sort of made it and I'm proud of it and still a bit of a work in progress, but, um, but I wanted to um, show you where I'm at. Yeah, it's a beautiful area as well. It's it's quite peaceful. We don't really get too much uh, noise or, or sort of through traffic. Um, there is <laughs> the occasional so. <laughs> there's the occasional bear, um, but they they sort of uh, resign themselves to a cave just sort of down the down the hill a little bit. Um, they're they're very friendly. Um, uh, always always up for a, a chat and a and a play. Um, they do play a little rough, but it's they're fine. It's all friendly. Um, yes, so um, uh, yes, and he'll kind of lead you up the the dirt path that sort of winds through the trees, um, and yeah, as we um, sort of come to a a clearing where the trees are sort of um, thinning a lot. Um, not many of them have been chopped down. It seems to be a, a sort of a more natural clearing, but there are definite um, areas where there have been trees cut down, and you can see there's piles of um, lumber off to the side um, in varying stages of construction as well. Um, the clearing in this flat land it leads to um, you can see a, a very large uh, sort of garden if you will, landscape is probably a better term, um, where sitting in the middle of that um, with a, a large path leading to it, you can see a, um, a wooden um, building of some description. It's not very wide, but it is uh, long. You can see a small, um, almost like a, um, a, a shed like a, a four by five wooden shed out the front, which then is connected to the rest of this building, which is quite uh, much larger and, and long as it goes back. Um, can I can I just stop you there? Yep. In the 
first minute of you describing this place, you've gone from it's not too big to it's large, it's long, it's it's like bigger than usual. <laughs> yeah. Um, very Caius. I love it. Very much so. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, Caius will just sort of say, um, so this is sort of um, it. I guess this is where I, I spend a bit of time. Um, uh, that's that's sort of where I uh, live. There's a bed in there and a, a, a sort of um, a fireplace, if you will, um, sort of like a like a campfire, but an inside one. Um, but like, well, yes, it's it's a campfire, but inside really. Um, um, Yes, but I've, I've done a little bit of a, a garden walk, um, which is, um, I mean, would, did you want to have a look? Or? Absolutely. 100%. Oh, and... Caius, this is amazing. And Caius kind of gets a little bit flustered at that. Like, oh, um... Okay, well, um... Uh... Well, let, let, let's start over here. And he sort of walks uh, about halfway up the path to the um, to the house. Um, and there's a a, a dirt path uh, leading off to the right, which kind of winds around the um, the side of the house, but at a fair distance. Um, you can see that path splits into sort of several divergent paths, which wind through a a field of brightly coloured flowers which sort of form a, a maze um, that uh, it's ground level flowers but it's shaped as a maze um, that it almost offers like a, a journey of different scents in a way um, as you get towards the centre of the maze there is a um, there's a small clearing where you can see a, a little apiary has been set up um, where bees sort of lazily hop between flower to flower before then returning back home. Um, continuing through the dirt paths then converge once again um, and the flowers grow a little bit sparser as um, the flowers that do remain are set out in, in clusters of deep reds and vibrant yellows and oranges um, and there's a few young oak trees which start uh, sprouting up a little bit um, it looks like they haven't been planted that long ago um, there's a as you get to the middle of this section it's a little offshoot to the path that uh, leads up a small incline to a, a wooden bench which is underneath the largest of these trees which offers a a nice spot to sit in the shade um, away from the sun um, next to the bench there is a little wooden box which um, is open topped and it's got a bit of parchment some uh, dyed charcoal of different colours um, and a, a little sort of disassembled bench to kind of work on and do various artworks um, continuing along the path again, the ground becomes a little bit coarser. Um, stones sort of crop up underfoot 
um, as the terrain becomes a little bit more difficult to traverse. Uh, the foliage becomes a little bit more dense and while the trees that are planted here, they're not matured yet, there's still um, a lot more of them and there's a bit more of a, a cooler change in the air um, as it becomes still and any outside noises are muffled. Um, this area, there's a, a path that sort of leads into the, um, the foresty area which kind of encroaches on the, um, on the house itself which um, the path then leads to a, a small body of water, which winds down the hillside, um, which downstream it kind of opens up into a little reservoir before continuing down. Coming back through the trees, we uh, enter the final area where the stone path kind of becomes a lot more cobbled and structured um, and all the trees um, give way to a clearing which is right on the side of the hill. Um, the stonework now almost represents a, a, an abandoned street, a cobbled street with um, unlit lanterns standing at attention at a crossroads. Um, following the crossroads off to the right leads you to, a, um, to the edge of the hill where there's another lamppost, which when lit would illuminate two small stone stools which um, provide an unobstructed view onto the land below. So looking down over Dorham and um, the valleys to the north of Dorham as well. Um, path then winds back around the, um, around the house to the entryway of the property where we started. And Caius kind of stands at the, um, the little stone stool um, and kind of looks over at Newman. So, um, what do you think? You did all this. Um, well, uh, yes. It's incredible, guys. And it's not even just the building, the landscaping. You've got an entire ecosystem here. The views are incredible and you're, like, cultivating trees and and plants that the flowers look like they've been curated like this takes time Caius how long have you been doing this um a very long time I'm going to be honest I've spent a lot of time um up here um a lot of time and I can tell because every piece is just perfectly put each piece has character I can look over to that tree there and I can see somewhat of a story about it. I can imagine how you came to maybe pick that tree and then the exact spot you picked it. I could just imagine like maybe you're walking along this path and you tripped on that pebble and where you landed is where you planted that tree. It just I could imagine that kind of stuff happening. I feel like every single part of this area has just you. It It's just... There's so much of you in this, guys. This is amazing. Thank you. Um, that I've, I've been uh, very nervous to show people this, um, but um, thank you. That means a lot. You even befriended bears? <laughs> uh, yes, that? well, that, that's a work in progress. Um, I... I think we're friends. Um, 
I'm not very good at speaking bear, but I think they're tentative at best. But we'll get there. We'll, we'll, uh, yes. I haven't dealt much with bears, but, uh, look, I'll just trust you. Um, I'd love to meet them someday, but maybe when they're a little bit more comfortable around people, perhaps. I don't want them playing rough with me, you know. Yeah, that might be safer, I think. Yes. And if you don't mind me asking, what were the um, two stools? Oh. Up on the hill. Um, well, that's um, just sort of an area where I can go and um, sort of look out over everything. You can see so much from up here. You can look into um, Dorum itself. You can almost hear everyone working incredibly hard and, and moving around and, and selling things at the market and um, and then looking out to the north you can look at each individual farm and almost smell the harvest or um, feel the sweat from the, the farmers as they, they work diligently um, every day and see look at all the surrounding hillside as well it's just it's a good spot to um, find perspective absolutely and I'm guessing this is your spot or is do you share it with anyone else or oh um well I mean you're sort of the only one that's been here well I mean you and Bertie obviously but um uh, yes no, we've um uh, I mean, it's a nice spot. Um, you can see the, the sunset. Um, but I just thought two stools are better than one because um, even if one is stable, one always requires company. That's very true. I see you've got some perspective. <laughs> no, this is great, guys. Absolutely. You should bring more people here. Um, I, I, I probably, um, at, at some stage, maybe, um, yes, I'm still yeah, sort no of rush. working it's, on this is, this is obviously your, this is your creative space, this is your outlet, feel free to take your time, but I believe you might need a few more stools up on that hill, Kais. <laughs> well, uh, maybe in the, in the future. Especially if those bears get a lot more friendly with you. Maybe they could come and have some tea with you or something up on the hill. You know what? You're absolutely right. I should make more stools. That would be a good idea. Actually, speaking of the stools, um, I was. Uh, are you uh, busy at the moment? Uh, right now, no. Oh, uh, wonderful. Well, I... Um, um, uh, 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 take take a seat. I'm not. I wasn't ready. Just just take a seat. I'll be right back. And he kind of stops and looks around, and then he just bolts back off towards like his house. Um, and he's gone for. Uh, he's in the house for maybe a, a minute, a minute and a half or so. Um, Human spends his time sitting down, looking out for bears. <laughs> Uh, there's a soft growl in the distance. <laughs> um, oh, no. 
Kaius comes bolting back out again. Um, one arm going like crazy and the other trying to very carefully um, hold uh, what looks like a, a large wicker basket, um, which he comes waddling back out. Um, and he sits down on the other stool and puts the basket out. I, um... Would you like... I don't really... Would you like a picnic? Absolutely. I haven't had a picnic for so long. Oh, wonderful. So I've made some things, and he sort of opens it up and yeah. goes through here. And, yeah, the two of you enjoy a picnic together. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to accomplish in this first year that hasn't already been kind of covered by everyone else's dragging you along to different things? Just a yearly picnic, or...? It- Said, just a picnic All for right. as long as possible. Um, there was one very quick um, yeah. thing that I was looking at doing. Um, yes. If there is time. Um, has there been any sort of uh, foot traffic at Birdie's house of people who don't haven't sort of been there before? Um... What has Bianca visited a Bertie's house? No, not in the first year. Okay. Yeah, that's what I imagine. Interesting. Um. Yeah. Well, I guess every now and then, Caius just sort of stops and has a little bit of a think. Um. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Um, and finally, uh, Anya, I believe you had one last thing to close out the year. Yeah, um, so towards the end of the first year, um, after a lot of work has been done and, um, Anya's spent the time that she spent with the others, um, Anya starts to sort of refocus on, for her, what is the next step? And um, she uh, she had been stewing a li- for a little while, especially while. Um, helping in and watching the rebuilding and eradication efforts. Um, And towards the end of the year, she finds herself focusing on a task that she had set for herself well before um, the liberation of Karas. Um, So... We find Anya in the office of Athena. Um, They're together um, looking over some of the last artefacts and the uh, information they've gathered on their rightful homes. And um, 
between sort of searching through certain things and Anya mentioning some of her finds through um, conversation, um, Anya stops for a moment. Ofina? Yes. Um, I want to thank you for um, helping me with this. I think it's it's important work and uh, it needed to be done but it it won't be long now and well all of these will have found their home so you played a really big part in that and I thank you It's the least I could do. I am... We've known each other for a while now. And, um... A few things have happened since. Things that you and I both have experienced and seen and I don't like the convocation you know this I do but I trust you and I have for a while I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of starting something The convocation They've done too little and sat on their thumbs for too long and Yes, myself and my friends and different underground organizations have done all that we can to fix things, to change things, to help, to save the world countless time. But but it shouldn't come to that. It shouldn't come to deadlines of deadlines of us doing their work for them. Apologies. I agree. So what do you propose? I am um, I'm someone who can be quite uh, abrasive and bolsterous, but I won't hold back from saying what needs to be said. Currently, 
all that does is get me into trouble. However, I want to... I want to start an organization. I've been thinking about it for a while, and if you are interested, I would want you to start it with me. You know how the convocation works. You know the politics of this world better than I do. You have experienced. You've been on the inside. Now I'm asking. (laughs) I'm asking for you to step back. And I'm asking for you to participate in a different What is the purpose of the organization? I am. I think that there needs to be more independent review into what is happening in the political state of all of the nations here. (laughs) It's a fucking mess. I am, be it for magical reasons, for political reasons, they just keep washing their hands of taking care of people. That's fucking unacceptable. I don't want to see anyone hurt like my friends have been hurt. So a global oversight committee. An independent review into magical and political agency. Erpa, if you would. Uh, Roll me a persuasion check. Didn't actually get my dice out yet. (laughs) I knew I'd be using them, but... Oh, not bad, not bad. I forgot what her persuasion is. I didn't actually have her character sheet up either. Once again, so organised. Um... Come on. Apologies. Uh... My internet has just decided that right now is the time to be just as slow as humanly possible. So remember to use use your inspiration. Don't roll a two. <laughs> your persuasion is a plus five. Plus five. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Uh, that's an eighteen. Eighteen. We'll have to tie up some loose ends. We're still going through the process of recruiting replacements for the convocation and I want to make sure that there are as many progressive voices on that uh, selection panel as possible Um, but once that is organized and I can step down 
properly uh, join you. Thank you. I know a lot of people that it will make a real difference. pain <laughs> we have to stay hydrated we're all gonna cry it out